Hi, this is Lara Taubman signing on for my very first podcast episode ever um, for my podcast that I have created called The Graveyard Sessions. Um, The Graveyard Sessions was inspired and initially conceived of uh, as an idea to um, describe why I wrote each of the nine songs on my debut album, Revelation, which was just released last month on Wolf Island Records and CRS labels. I am uh, so happy to be here to bring you this podcast to describe uh, why I wrote each song and what inspired each song and um, any other little details that uh, I haven't written about on my blog or you can't here in the song and you are curious or you just are into the song and you wanted to hear more about it. Uh, after I'm done with the nine uh, podcasts episodes, I am hoping that I will take the podcast to a wider spectrum of many artists, uh, musicians, visual artists, and find out why they make the work that they make. Um, I used to be a visual arts curator And one of my favorite things to do was to do studio visits and talk to artists in depth about why they made something, what inspired them, and and how they plugged it into the rest of their lives and the world. And that's what I hope I can bring you here on this podcast episode. Um, The reason this podcast is called The Graveyard Sessions is because I am recording it from my home on Wolf Island in Wolf Island, Canada, which is in the province of Ontario. Um, I This home, I bought it when I was recording my album at Wolf Island Records, which is where my wonderful producer, Hugh Christopher Brown, or Chris Brown, um, if you know him locally, uh, uh, he lives about five minutes away from me. And um, I guess I just kind of liked it here so much. I bought this little farm, um, and it just so happens to be right across the road from the town's 200-year-old graveyard. And there are several graveyards on this island, and they're all kind of old. Um, anyway, I, um, I love it here. Uh, and so what else could I call it but the graveyard sessions? Um, Thanks to Chris, he dubbed it that. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so it's not because I'm so gothic. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, But I had to clarify. I wanted to tell you, if you haven't heard the album, Revelation, um, you can find it on all streaming platforms, uh, including Bandcamp, Apple Music, Amazon, Spotify, um, they're all available there, and you can go to my website store. Um, that's https, uh, I think, colon, slash, backslash, backslash, laratobman.com, backslash store. And on my website, you can also find um, my blog, uh, where, I, what I, where I wrote how, where I've written, again, nine posts about how and what inspired uh, Revelation, how it was created. Um, and um, and you can find out more about me and find out when we do live performance again where I will be playing. There's some live performance uh, 
YouTube video on there, um, and so on. All the great stuff is there. And most importantly, you can buy a special edition CD and vinyl there. Um, the vinyl is very special to me. Uh, it has a, a poster insert, um, and the album was photographed by a very special special photographer, Anthony Jamari Thomas, um, and he did all the visuals for my album. Um, but I hope you'll take a look. I hope you'll buy and enjoy. I hope you'll listen and experience, and uh, it will bring you something that you needed or that you haven't had or you'll just have a nice experience listening. Um, the first song on the album is called Sound of Heartbreak and that song, um, I wrote that song when I was, um, I had just moved back to New York City from Montana. Uh, I had lived all over the western side of the United States excuse me from from for about 20 years so it started out in New Mexico then Arizona then Southern California and then uh, in Montana and um, I found there were wonderful things about all of those places um, and I enjoyed living in them all for different reasons but I am from the eastern eastern side of the United States and the eastern Eastern, Eastern states. Um, from, I am from Southern Virginia where I was born and raised and was always back and forth to New York City where I had and have family. And then uh, after college, I ended up moving to New York City to be an aspiring young uh, visual artist, a painter. It wasn't until I moved back to the East Coast from Montana back to New York City a few years ago, I guess that would be, gosh, 2016, that I realized um, I had really missed, I guess what I call the flora and fauna of the, the world around me, of the nature around me, um, the trees, the birds, the sounds the birds made, and all those things are specific to the place that you're in, the birds in New York City are very different from the birds in Northern California. Um, not totally, but there's a different feeling. The birds in the desert are different than the birds in high country mountains. Um, and I, when I moved back, I was, I was in the middle of a very difficult divorce. I was renting a studio apartment in the basement of a friend's a wonderful brownstone in, in Greenwich Village that actually used to be uh, David Burns uh, recording studio when he lived in that brownstone probably about 20 years ago now um, <laughs> all of that was, was pretty exciting at the time um, and I would sit on the couch every morning and write um, songs I was still learning how to write a song at the time. I've been a writer my whole life, um, but I never had written songs. I'd always listened to music and knew what a good song sounded like for sure, but I just didn't know, never had known how to write a song. So I was learning that and I'd sit on the couch that were across from these French doors that opened up into their beautiful back garden. 
and it was fall so all the birds were still you know very active in the way that they are in summertime in the fall and one of the things I really noticed were hearing the morning doves and that particular sound that uh, that, that a morning dove makes. I wish I had a sample to play for you here, but I'm sure you can find it on Google. Um, and it's a sound that <clears throat> I didn't realize I had missed until I came back to it. Uh, apparently I had been yearning for that sound. <laughs> it's a sound that I, I don't remember when I heard it the first time, but I was a very, very little girl and I would hear it in the backyard of my home in Virginia growing up. Um, I associate it with the very heady smell of lilac bushes and heavy humidity and and then that lilting lilting sound of the morning dove. Um, and I heard it there in the basement of her apartment and it it just it just kind of seared into my mind and my heart at the time and so I was writing a lot of songs with dove motifs in them and trying to associate with the musicians who inspired me at the time and I'd been listening to Leonard Cohen my whole life and was always really curious about and loved his his motif of doves how he uh, brings them into songs in the most interesting ways. Um, that's always been a real, a really big driving, driving uh, symbol for me. In particular, how he, how he writes about doves, and not to mention my name Taubman, means is German and it means do the the dove man. So I would have probably came from a family of people who you know, sold doves in, in, the, in the village. So that's what Taub means in German. So it, there's a, something there for me. I'm not sure what. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter what. Um, and uh, that's where my, it was in that basement apartment. That's where doves started to make their way into my songs. And uh, that's where the first lines of Sound of Heartbreak come which is morning doves sang round her, their song so sad, so true, called her back to a time when darkness wasn't dark blue. And that's where the doves started making their way into my songs. I really wanted to play with that image and, and symbol and see where that would lead me. And, um, and I guess that's, that's where, um, you know, the dove kind of led me into the rest of that song. Um, over those two years, while I was going through this difficult divorce, I was listening to, I was, I, I confess, I was obsessed with um, three mus Texas musicians, um, Steve Earle, Guy Clark, and Towns Van Zandt, all of whom I've been listening to different ways at different times for many years. Um, and, and, um, I think uh, at the time I was I was really interested in Steve Earle. Um, I when I lived in New York City I, I would I would go listen to him, you know, obsessively every time he played. I was there 
usually in the front row to the point that I worried that he'd think I was stalking him because he could always see me. Um, but those were great shows. I like when I listen to live music. I'm I'm only good if I'm sitting there at the on the floor of the stage at their feet listening. <laughs> um, that's that's perfect seat in the house for me. And if that doesn't work, then I'll take a front row seat. <laughs> Um, but sometimes, many times that doesn't work out, but that's my idea. Um, I also went to his camp in upstate New York a couple of summers, which was just fantastic and uh, just wonderful to hear him talk about music and the history of music and towns and guy and all of that. Um, but really him, at the time that I was living in Montana and I was married, um, that music uh, of Steve's and and, uh, um, and and Towns and Guy, really, in a way, the three of their music, three of them's music, their music, um, kind of acted like a siren <laughs> that that pulled me into music, into a heal healing place. Um, a lot of times, I this was really unusual behavior for me. I'd find myself pulled over on the side of the road because I'd be sobbing while listening to a song by them. Um, one of them was Desperados Waiting for a Train. And it, I've, it's always had that effect on me. Jerry Jeff Walker's version in particular, uh, and guys, but uh, there's something in that song that just, I don't know what it is, it just kills me. Um, but Steve's uh, music, uh, it would be you know, something like Tecumseh Valley, which was a cover of Towns' song. Um, that one in particular just devastated me as if it was happening to me. And what I now see is that this, I was, I was really, I was, I was hurting at the time and a lot of emotional pain. And that was where I had permission to express it. Um, I think there is a thunderstorm beginning outside. So if you hear thunder, that's why. Um, I, uh, I, uh, the three of the, their music, I, I was obsessed with it for a couple of years uh, to the point of uh, being embarrassed uh, by how much I loved their music because I was, I was out, of, out of control. <laughs> and sometimes you have to do that with, with something you love just to, you know, sort of bring it to you. It, it really helped keep me afloat that music. Um, it was a friend in many, many dark places, and it healed me. And, you know, thank God, uh, it healed me. Um, it healed me. And then now, I, of course, I still love and listen to their music, but not in with the same kind of fervor. That being said, um, I was reading at the time a book that I have not yet finished reading because I have a hard time finishing any book these days, but it's called, um, it's a book that uh, Tamara Saviano released, I believe in, in 2016, called Guy Clark, um, be Getting Killed or Caught, um, the biography of Guy Clark, I think that's the title, but uh, it's really good, and it talks about him and, and um in his life and and writing songs and I, I at the time I didn't have a lot of people to talk to I had a lot of time to reflect and to take stock of my life which I very much needed and I 
you know, read a book like that or read part of a book like that, and it would just give me all kinds of license to daydream about what his life was like, what their life was like, and what him and his, you know, Guy Clark, uh, Towns's, Steve's life, life in Nashville and songwriters at the time. Um, I really thought a lot about, for some reason, um, Guy Clark's wife, Susanna Clark, who was a woman among many brilliantly creative men who were all drinking and drugging and cockswinging and doing their thing and um, and how I could relate to that having been an artist for many years and been around worked with artists for many years and there's there's a lot of men and women but there's just always a lot of men around for some reason I could just relate to her how she seemed to relish being around all the men and then that can start to piss you off too. Um, I wouldn't say the song that my song "Sound of Heartbreak" is about any one incident that I either read in a book or that I heard in any of <coughs> all of their songs. Um, it was just a feeling I got. Um, like I said, I had a lot of time to daydream, and the other piece of it that I thought about, I thought about Towns Van Zandt a lot from his music and you know heard some about him from Steve Earle and um, I, you know stories that he told about him and Steve him and uh, Towns and um, I read some stories about him and you know I I really felt like I could relate to how what an emotional man he seemed to be um, and how all his work has so much emotional expression that's always in every song um, it's in his voice it's in the way he plays and that really has always been a driving force and something I aspire to as a musician how I can bring that kind of honest expression into my own work. And, um, well, really all of them, Steve, Earl, and Guy Clark, they all, that's a real, that's a really important place that they all occupy for me is they inspire me and hold me fast to that place of honest expression all the time when I'm making music and writing. But Towns in particular was a figure for me. I. I've, I've, I've had a life of um, where I just keep missing the dangling carrot. Uh, I've had, like everyone, I've had a lot of good things happen to me, a lot of bad things happen to me. Um, but I really, uh, later in life, noticed I, I'd always get right up to that carrot, and instead of grabbing it, I'd seem like I'd pull a gun out and shoot it. <laughs> and uh, I kind of always felt like Towns did the same thing and I I could really relate to that um, when I wrote that verse it's not that you didn't try to loose your wings and fly but the hole got deeper so you dug even further desperate for light made your voice and heart alight 
you, I think I said you heard the, the deafening ache, the sound of heartbreak. I think that's the line, but that's the verse. And, um, you know, I wrote that for him and to him, but believe me, I, I was writing that for me and to me too. And, you know, he and I are two very different people from two very different experiences of life, but uh, I can certainly relate to that. Um, and uh, so it meant a lot to me to be able to use that as inspiration and to be able to, you know, plug into any of that and bring some of that magic to my, to my songwriting, um, magic that's painful and magic that's beautiful. And I certainly appreciate that. So that's really what that song is about. And more or less, not about any one thing really, but it's about, um, all these things and a lot of daydreaming, a lot of lot of listening um, and just feeling and letting and really think the dove image kind of just led me the morning dove just led me to all of those scenarios that I could really relate to at the time and things that were really you know I was reckoning with um, trying to understand at that time it was a pretty dark time for me but um, but a wonderful time too, because I am starting to be able to take take a lot of that pain and and put it into songs and play them and people heard them and you know responded to them and that is a very healing process. Um, that is why we make things partly, and I'm a big I'm one of those musicians who believes that music. As is a very very powerful healing force and uh, it is one of my chief reasons to make music and um, all of these musicians whether they realize realized it or will realize it or not um, they do the same and they all three of them really did the same for me and then that sound of the morning doves it really did heal me it made me Realize that I was home even when I didn't know where home was it made me I remember thinking like oh my god that's the sound of home I'm home and I never knew I needed a home or that I'd been missing a home really until until I heard those morning doves in my friend's basement apartment in 2016 and um and that's it. I, I'd love to play the song for you now. And um, uh, I really appreciate you listening if you listen to the whole thing. I really hope you'll listen, you'll listen more uh, to the other eight podcasts about why each song on my album was written. And um, again, you can hear the album on all streaming websites all streaming platforms, uh, Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and you can also get a special edition CD or vinyl um, on my website, laratobman.com. And there you can also read all about what inspired the album Revelation on my blog. 
Thank you again for listening and your time and your continued support. And uh, I hope you'll enjoy listening to the song, Sound of Heartbreak. Signing off, this is Lara Taubman. Have a beautiful day. And the side